<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. It is a crowd favorite episode coming through. This originally ran in November of 2021, and this feels like a quintessentially us episode. And it just kind of suits this like last week of the year energy in general, you know? Um, Yeah. Listen, I'm excited to re-listen to it because I am excited to re-listen to the part where we talk about BECs, also known as bitch eating crackers, which at the time I remember thinking, I'm going to use this phrase all the time. And I have failed on that resolution. I think it's time to kick that back into gear. A hundred percent. They're also celeb memoir picks, which maybe is your vibe for this week. A conversation about the light strip that could change your workspace if you're heading back to home office. Something for everyone, if you will. Yes. Enjoy. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. And thank you for the amazing voicemails you've been sending, by the way. We have been really enjoying them. They've been relishing so them, good. cherishing them. Just truly. Yeah. Truly, truly. I feel like we have a good one we can play at the end of this episode. I'm sure that we do. There's yes. been so many good ones. Okay, it let's does do feel that. like It does feel like it's like the closest that our audience gets to talk, gets to talking to each other. Yes. <laughs> it's our little, our little gesture at community, I guess. <laughs> you know what? I don't think anybody else wants another Slack channel. It's no. my first opinion. <laughs> Three, two, one, until the DMs come. I like a Slack <laughs> channel. <laughs> Oh, all right. We're doing a best of 10 things. Well, best of formerly known as best of 10 things. Now best of our Monday newsletter. Yeah. Would you say less of a ring to it, but we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Um, Just basically calling out some of the Monday newsletter inclusions that we felt like we needed a little bit more airtime for. Yeah, just stuff that just needs to be talked out and shared more, <laughs> shared more aggressively, which is truly how this podcast came to be, feeling like some of the stuff needs to be talked out. Worth more than a sentence. Really worth more than a sentence. For sure. <laughs> My first one, I actually can't believe you and I haven't talked about. Claire, me either, because the other day you were like asking me where you heard of this. And I was like, mm-hmm. I saw it for the first time when you put it in the newsletter document. So beats me. I wish I could remember where I found out about it. I think somebody must have posted it on Instagram. It is bitch eating crackers. B-E-C for short. Not to be confused with bacon, egg, and cheese. 
And I'm just going to read you the Urban Dictionary definition of bitch-eating crackers. Everything this person does annoys you, even something as simple as eating crackers. Your BEC is the person who you can't stand. So used in a sentence. Look at Erica over there reading that book. So annoying. Dude, she's just reading. You just think it's annoying because she's your bitch eating crackers. And Erica was the example that they used. I didn't just do that to make it. You're not my BEC. I have plenty of BECs. If I were, your life would be so miserable. It it really would be. My sense of like where this originally initiated is from some e-cards. Remember some e-cards? Like the original meme, the original meme maker. Claire, of course, I loved some e-cards. I feel like before I would, before the era of me reading the Onions Instagram account Mm. aloud, it was me reading some (laughs) e-cards aloud. I mean, they were truly such a moment in time. And there's this some e-card that shows a picture of a little, little girl eating a sandwich. And it says, once you hate someone, everything they do is offensive. Look at this bitch eating those crackers like she owns the place. And... (laughs) It just really resonated. I was like, I have so many BECs and I feel like BEC feels hyper relevant in the age of Instagram because most of my BECs are people that I hate follow on Instagram. Yeah. And they're people who other people you actually like and lo- or, or even love might do the same things and you're just, you yeah. like forgive them for it. Oh, it's 1, like, oh, well, like that person posted like four lipstick selfies this week and it's fine because I love them. But this other person, you'll like send that pictures around to a group text and be yes. like, are you fucking kidding me with this shit? What is this garbage? I, I have one friend who knows who all of my BECs on Instagram are and just like to sort of like fuck with me, I guess, just sends, (laughs) sends me their Instagrams when they're being really annoying. And there are people who I like stopped following because they drive me so crazy. And she'll send me an Instagram being like, look at what she's doing. Does she like send them with comment or without comment? Oh, without comment. Yeah, right. It, well, you don't the need funny it. thing is, I'll just say that the friend is Lauren, who is also the originator of the term RHB, which I feel like really goes hand in hand with BEC. I was thinking the same. <laughs> Ridiculous human being, RHB, which is like, again, I think like it's the person that you kind of forgive for maybe being yes. a BEC or like someone who like, who might be someone's BEC, but isn't yours. I also think RHB, first of all, huge crossover between RHB and BEC. <laughs> Huge crossover. And I think the difference is that when you call someone an RHB, you're like accepting that that's part of who they are. And you're just being like- And like laughing at it a little bit. Yes, exactly. Being like, oh my God, that person lulls. I mean, we're all RHBs in our own way. Of course. And we're all somebody's BEC. (laughs) For sure. So that's that's my first one that I just love so much. And I think I'm glad that we talked about it because I would like to start getting into my own rotation a little bit more to just- throw it out there. Like she's a BEC for me. That's my, that's my BEC. Do you think that there's like a right number of BECs mm. to have in your life? Because sometimes I were, you know, like, <sighs> yeah, no, no, no. Fair. I think they rotate. I also feel like for, sometimes I feel like I have too few and thus too much energy gets put toward like oh, the ones I have. Does that make sense? It does. And it raises an interesting question because I wonder if you're drawing the appropriate distinction between your BEC and your Nemo's. You're like true mm. nemeses. Because I where would, is where is that line, would you well, say? Well, I would say that like, I don't know if you truly hate a BEC because you don't care mm. about them enough. They just drive you crazy. But your Nemo, you maybe like really hate. Would you say? Yeah. You just but don't want to give your Nemos the satisfaction of actually hating them. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> 
kind of. I would like to call my Nemo's BEC just so that they don't feel like they deserve to be hated. You know what I mean? Well, uh, okay, fine. I feel like Nemo's have actually done things to deserve your feelings, whereas a BEC is just eating crackers. Yeah. Okay. 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 And that's, that's actually really helpful and fair. Like if you try to list off what a BEC has done to offend yeah. you and report it out to anyone, they would be like, these are not, offen- these are exactly. not like offenses. These exactly. are just like a person walking through the world possibly on a different path than you, but they're like not actually an asshole. That's exactly right. Like to take it back to Urban Dictionary's example, she's just reading. You just think it's annoying because she's your bitch eating crackers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas with the Nemo, I do feel like I could like stand on my soapbox and like list off these are the seven (laughs) things that the person has done that are actually awful. Um, That's right. And even if they weren't done to me, I've like added them to the file Mm -hmm. for sure. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helpful. Truly helpful. helpful. Thrilled to put this out into the world. Like add it to the glossary that we will someday publish alongside Michigan Star. Oh my gosh. Michigan Star. Michigan Mm -hmm. Star. Bring it back there. Let's go. Okay. Something I wanted to talk about. Yes. Celebrity memoirs, specifically in the form of audiobooks. Mm. For whatever reason, like I'm I'm just kind of struggling with content recently. Okay. Like I've like been in kind of a dry spell when it comes to novels. I like TV. I'm like, I can get into something and watch six episodes and be like, this is amazing. And then I'm like, I, why do I not care Don't. about watching episodes mm-hmm. seven through 10? Like, that's weird. That doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Every movie feels like, I don't know, maybe. Like I can listen to half of like a podcast and be like satisfied. But the one thing that I like have about like bottomless appetite for at this point is audiobooks of celebrity memoirs. Wow. And, and yeah. when are you listening to the audio? Great question. So it depends. This started when I was listening to the Demi Moore audiobook of Inside Out, not mm-hmm. to be confused with Cam's favorite movie, Inside Out. Oh my Out. gosh, don't get me started. It's totally separate. <laughs> He's going to be so confused when he comes across this autobiography. The, the one thing they have in common is a lot of feelings. Mm, totally. Uh-huh. Both are uh-huh. filled with feelings. Yeah. So I was listening to this while I was like getting, like as a getting ready thing, okay. which was kind of nice and just felt like a little juicy. Mm -hmm. And also that like, wow, her life was way harder than anything I'm going to have to do today. (laughs) You know what I mean? I love that. And I'm so inspired. You just sold it to me so hard. That's exactly why I watch Vanderpump Rules. Totally. Totally. It's it's like juicy and so much less challenging than my life in its way. Yes. 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 (laughs) So I really enjoyed this book. There have been questions about if it's like more salacious than it needs to be or like mm-hmm. questions around like some of the accuracy or what. Yeah. I'm not in it for that. Like, I, But then there were certain things like whoever she told, whoever she claims to have lost her virginity to was like, that definitely happened. I didn't realize I was taking her virginity, but that definitely happened. But we definitely slept together yeah. when she was whatever age. <laughs> right. yeah. She, yeah. She had like a ton of older boyfriends when she was really young. Yeah. The parent stuff is like really rough. Mm-hmm. My only big takeaways from the book are that I really like really weirdly ended up liking Bruce and mm. really hating Ashton. I think I'm not surprised by that at all. I feel like without even having kept close tabs on this family, that's sort of where I've landed too. But I feel like I now feel about Ashton the way I feel about John Mayer almost. Or like it's like approaching I'm, that I'm, territory. I'm right there with you. I'm right Which there like, with you. Which like, okay, maybe before he was a BEC, but now he's a mm. Nemo. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Great. 
great. And it also made me want to watch, again, if I were consuming, like able mm-hmm. to consume other content in a reasonable way, G.I. Jane and like rewatch St. Mm-hmm. Almost Fire. St. Um, Almost Fire. Great movie. Great, even better I soundtrack. Mean, that cast. Yes. The whole thing. Yes. Um, the whole thing. So then you also inspired mm-hmm. me to want to read the Flea memoir. Mm-hmm. And Thomas and I listened to that like while driving. It became like a road so trip. So much better like, as listen. an audiobook, right? Yes. He's so charming. And like nutty. Like he's, he's a just nut. so nutty. Yeah. And I feel like the delivery would probably come through in the writing also, but having him be like kind of like high energy and a little bit like yeah. bouncing off the walls yes. in certain sections. You're like, yes, that is like who this person is. And I wanted to like feel that energy and not mm-hmm. like flip through it. Yeah. And now Thomas and I are listening to Seth Rogen's, it's called Yearbook. Mm-hmm. And Claire, we've listened to that like only on drives to the vet. Okay. Um, okay. So far. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Because we go to a vet in Long Island that's like legit an hour away. And mm-hmm. I will say having something that we've enjoyed listening to has made a huge difference when you're in rush hour traffic oh and gosh. like going to the vet again. Do you listen on 1.5 speed? N- not him. Him I listen to and not Flea either. I think okay. 1.25. Also, because Thomas can't handle the sped up. Neither can I. That's our compromise, 1.25. I actually think 1.1 is like perfect. 1.1, what's the difference? It's just like a little bit. Yeah, like just do one. Yeah, Well, because it still sounds like the person. And I feel like with somebody like a Seth Rogen or a Flea or whoever, like you want it to sound like the person. Yes, yes. I think it still does sound like the person because I feel like they've slowed down their delivery for reading of an audiobook. Mm, okay. Fair. So I'm like 1.25 is probably more like how they actually talk mm-hmm. than than mm-hmm. one is. I don't know. Fair, fair, fair. Seth Rogen's book is delightful. Like okay. just delightful. Mm-hmm. I was telling Liz, who we used to work with, who used to edit this very podcast about it last night. And she was like, and she's like very into books in general. Mm-hmm. And she was like, how have I not heard of this thing? Like mm-hmm. as someone who like encounters his weed business and his mm. pottery at yeah. least once a week. Like how has this been kept <laughs> right. for me? Yes. It's just like a joy. And there's a whole story in it that I don't, maybe it was excerpted somewhere. I should have looked about him writing jokes for a moyle, um, who's like the person who performs circumcisions. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Why did the moyle need jokes? Well, <clears throat> the moyle came to him like he was, so Seth Rogen was doing stand up um, as a teen in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, him and a bunch of 30 year olds. And the moyle came up to him after a show and was like, could you like, can I pay you to write jokes? Like $50 a joke. And Seth Rogen was basically like teen Seth Rogen was basically like, this feels like a bad idea. Cause like, why does a moil need jokes? Like mm-hmm. maybe this is just not a joking matter. Maybe like baby <laughs> circumcision is just like, maybe right. there's no mm-hmm. laughs to be had. And, but he also was like, what, 16 and was like $50 right. a joke. Like, not gonna turn and it's down. like the first like money, you know, he got mm-hmm. for like joke writing. So he did it. And it's a really exceptional, really exceptional story. So get in it just for that. I, I mean, it, it would track for me that Seth Rogen would be a really good and funny writer. Yes. Where yes, some of these, some celebrities, and you're not as inclined to think that they were, that they were going to make a great memoir. Yes, 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 yes. Have you listened to Jessica Simpson's on audio book? No, but I've been thinking that I'd like to because that, yeah. you know, was such a joy the first time around. And I can't imagine that it wouldn't be the second. Have you? I haven't, but I've just, I've felt some amount of regret about not because I've heard that the audiobook is the way to go with that thing. 
Yeah, no, that feels right yeah. to me. That totally yeah. feels right to me. For the ones that feel like maybe this person like isn't a writerly type or mm-hmm. like that maybe I'm just here for the like details or the like juicy the parts. The yeah. goss, exactly. There's this podcast, Celebrity Book Club with Stephen and Lily mm-hmm. that is like extremely charming. And it's hosted by these two childhood friends, Stephen Phillips Horst and Lily Marota. And they just like basically talk for an hour about the like juicy bits of these celebrity memoirs. And it's fun. Do you know which one I, and maybe you're going to inspire me to listen to it on audiobook, but I've heard that Jane Fonda's memoir is really good. I would be very interested in that. I would be Mm -hmm. very interested in that. Are there others on your list? Well, Liz told me last night that the Marianne Faithful one is like very enjoyable. She tells stories in ways that make you feel like, I understand how you got into this predicament or like Mm -hmm. whatever in a way that you like that actually that you shouldn't like that your brain shouldn't track that Mm -hmm. way. But Mm -hmm. um, but it's satisfying. I feel like I need to use Celebrity Book Club to like make the list of the things. As a syllabus. Exactly. I mean, and there's certain things there that I like just want to listen to the podcast episode about because like I don't know that I need the full Ricky Martin book. But you are you're interested in general. But I'm kind of interested yeah. in like an hour about about Ricky, like the Ricky Martin book, the Vivica A. Fox book. Like, you know, that totally. feels fun. You know what is another celebrity memoir that I absolutely love that's probably really good on audiobook is Tiffany Haddish's. Oh, I haven't read it. It's really fun and, and okay. also moving and just like, I mean, she's so lovable without it, but it makes yeah, her yeah, even yeah. like more lovable. Yeah, no, that should be my next one. That feels right. Yeah. And then of course, like, if people haven't read or listened to Andre Agassi's Open, Oh, yeah, right. Please do it. It's the best thing going. Like, mm-hmm. it's just tremendous. I haven't. I need to do that. <sighs> I mean, friends, he breaks up with Brooke Shields, like, via, there's, like, faxing back and forth. And, like, <laughs> I, I just... Well, it's also I, where he talks about what it was like to date Barbara Streisand and uses some incredibly grandiose metaphor involving fire. <laughs> Correct. Claire, it yeah. is, like, just... It is just outrageously good content. And it's written with this author, uh, with this writer, J.R. Mulringer, who wrote The Tender Bar, which is being turned into that movie that comes out this fall, uh, directed by George Clooney and starring Mm, Ben Affleck. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he is co-writing the Prince Will book. Yeah. Oh, right. So I'm curious about that chops. He's like good at these things. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe we can have our own celebrity book club. I join you in this. I do feel like i similarly struggling with content, but also similarly struggling really with podcasts, which is how I get through my like getting ready routine in the morning. And I love the idea of having a celebrity uh, memoir to listen to while I get ready in the morning. Why do you think we're having trouble with content right now? (sighs) I mean, part of it, I think is a screen time thing. I think Mm -hmm. I've just been in front of a screen more and like as it gets dark earlier, it starts like the eye strain and the neck strain Mm -hmm. and all of that gets worse for Mm -hmm. me. So part of it's definitely like being like after dinner, I don't want to yes. open that thing and look at it again with that light behind it. I can't do it. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, I feel like it's, for me, I think it's definitely a screen thing. And I think for me, it's been going on for so long too. And yeah. I I think I have more of it like an Instagram addiction than you do. Or not even like addiction, but just reliance where I like, especially like as a mom have these weird pockets of time where I'm like waiting for like some, you know, something and I open my phone and then it just over the course of time degrades my capacity for focus so mm. dramatically. And so I just can't Because you're used to it. everything being a little being tiny so bite. so quick and a tiny a bite. <laughs> a quibby, which is why I have returned, as you know, to the spelling bee because I'm like, at least it's not 
training my brain to expect a story in an instant. I do think that the celebrity memoir feels like the perfect way to sort of take the celebrity gossip thread that I've been uh, spinning and turn it into something that looks more like a book. <laughs> totally. To- looks more like a book. Yeah. Looks more like a book. Mm-hmm. While we're here, I would like to share two spelling bee related updates. Mm. One, someone just DM'd us on Instagram that there is now spelling bee merch and like Obviously, this would have made our gift guide had it been out in time or had we known about it in time. So there's like spelling bee totes. There's spelling bee onesie. There's like a hat that just has the bee on it. Just, I don't know. I feel like there's someone. My dad's definitely getting it. And he doesn't listen to the podcast, which is great. Which is great. And he will wear any t-shirt. The last time I saw him, he was wearing a t-shirt from the 1997 Clifford Brown Jazz Festival. So I feel like he could use an upgrade and he's not too discerning. (laughs) That's vintage now, Claire. (laughs) That's vintage. People would pay for that. People would pay good money. The other thing I wanted to say mm-hmm. is that congratulations to me. I have achieved genius three times <gasps> in this last week. Congratulations you know? indeed. And well, I don't, I, I really don't understand what's going on with the like app that like I'm now allowed to and it doesn't cut me off anymore. Well, you gave them such good I, PR. I, it's like the spelling bee gods have like, <laughs> are like looking down on me. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But now I'm also in that place where I'm like, oh, because I've done this now, it's my new bar and I get disappointed in this myself. This is what happens. And this is how it goes. Well, uh, I'm thrilled for you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I have something else to introduce or some not to introduce. It's been introduced mm-hmm. to the audience already. Okay. Something I'd like to talk about is the Pattern Beauty Mist Spray Bottle. Yes. It yes. is so good. As you know, I I've because, seen it in person because you were it, there. You traveled with it, which <laughs> feels like the extr- the most fucking you thing ever. <laughs> It's not small. It's like a really no, big spray bottle. That is actually exactly why it feels like the most. <laughs> I, we were, you and I were staying with friends in a house and I, and it was like that moment where everybody's getting ready for dinner and I came down to the kitchen to show off my spray bottle. Cause I was to like, do, hey guys, <laughs> hey guys, even though none of you had curly hair and it's like particularly relevant for curly hair, but I was just really like desperate for people to know about it. It was a bit of like you doing like a QVC, mm. like a bit mm-hmm. of a like, this is the product and here's how it does. And then here's how it sprays and see how fine the mist is. It's so fine. Can you believe it? I would like, die to do a QVC segment <laughs> on this bottle. Tell, give me, give me your pitch. Give me your, <laughs> wait, I just want to pause pretend and say, this is your, 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 I just, I'm going to audition for it in a moment, but I just want to yeah. plant the seed that we are ready and willing to do QVC style segments for pretty much anybody and anything that we genuinely like. And this interest of mine was reignited because Hill House Home did an IG exclusive nap dress and Nellie Diamond was like on Instagram something or other talking about how you could buy this dress only through Instagram and here it was just a nap dress in burgundy and yeah. I caught Holiday glimpses colors. of it and it was I was like oh they're like Instagram shop is trying to become the new QVC which is smart and what they should be doing but I was so jealous I was like, no, I want to be doing that. <laughs> listen, ever since you and I went to the QVC headquarters in Pennsylvania, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you and I have been trying to secret this. We and have. And yeah, I don't know. I hope. I hope yeah. someday it happens for us. I hope so too. I hope so too. 
if anybody else needs to go to the QVC headquarters, we know the best ice cream place nearby. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Wait, as long as we're planting seeds in the universe, I am going to get back to the Pattern Beauty Mist bottle. Did I tell you about my other new goal in life about how I want to be on the Sexy Unique podcast to talk about Vanderpump Rules? That's new goal? I didn't know that I wanted to be. You and didn't? at some point I interrogated like, would you want to be? And I was like, no, that's way too much pressure. And then some, it was like, Erica, the first spark of ambition I have felt in my body in years where I was listening to it and I was just like, no, I do want to be on this podcast. And truly, I was like, I can't remember the last time I felt like I I want that thing for me. Um, I, that you know, material. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Oh, that wasn't material. Oh, okay. Well, okay. What, what was- I have something that was material. You want it? Well, I guess it's a little immaterial being on the press list for HDVB. Mm, that's no, which you're right. Also, that was, it, which yeah. also is another thing Roxanne Gay has that you don't. <laughs> it's so <laughs> true. Wow. Roxanne Gay has been on Sexy Unique podcast. She is on the HDV press, HDVB press list. Wow. That I actually How? the only thing I know about the Sexy Unique <laughs> podcast is that. So I'm glad it came in handy. Wow. So I'm putting that out into the universe. We both want to be doing QVC. Only one of us wants to be on the Sex Unique podcast. I'm out on the podcast. <laughs> I am both, not showing up. Mm-mm. We both want to be on the Hagen dazs press list. And, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. So I'm opening up my mouth and I'm saying, putting all of this out there. <laughs> um, okay. Do you so want to hear then, about the mist bottle? Remember I when want I, your audition. Remember when we were planning this episode and I was like, we should have some backup. I don't know if it'll be long enough. Anyway. <laughs> Here we are. All right. So if you have curly hair, you understand this dilemma, which is that A, like in general, it tends to look best air dried or only like lightly blown dry. But then throughout your day, your hair gets like frizzy or the curls get pulled or they just like sort of like fall a little bit and they're straight. So by the end of the day slash the next morning, your hair doesn't look good. The curl isn't there anymore. The curl isn't perfect. So your options, like if you're wearing it natural, or to get back in the shower and get it wet all over again and then let it air dry or like blow dry it all over again, which is terrible and not fun. And most curly hair takes a while to dry. It's so annoying. And so what most people do is they like spray it with a spray bottle or you wet it with your hands a little bit and like scrunch it up and just try to revive the curl a little bit. However, this misting bottle is the most incredible method of re-wetting your hair in an incredibly even light way. It's wetting your hair in the same amount all the way around. Cause you know, when like you try evenly. to wet, even yeah, that's yeah. the word I'm missing. You know, when, <laughs> you know, when you try to wet Listen, your hair on QVC, with- I'm sure they're at script editors. <laughs> so I'm not you. worried. Thank you. Thank you. When they, when you wet your hair with your hands, you're only getting the ends wet. And it's like, yeah. then you've got them pulling that, that part's heavier. It's not right. This mist is the perfect mist. It's incredibly fine. It's incredibly even. And it does that thing where it keeps spraying even after, like long after you've pumped the lever. So you're getting this continuous stream constantly, almost as if you're just like walking through a mist. And it does it all without aerosol. So it's environmentally friendly. You can refill that. So the, the bottle comes empty. So you can refill it with just water or you can do what I do and put a little bit of conditioner in. So you almost, so you have like a very light leaving leave conditioner. conditioner or you can put whatever you want in the bottle. But for me, it has just meant that I can wear my hair naturally curly without having to get it wet in the shower every single day, which is a true miracle and something I didn't know that I could have in my life. You know, I'm... Before this pitch, mm-hmm. I would have said this product wasn't for me. Mm. But, you know, listening to the pitch, yeah, I think it could be. Here's why. 
I am. So, I never thought it was for you either. I'm on the edge of my seat. In the wintertime, especially, mm-hmm. I like taking showers at night. Yes. And just like having that warm shower and like, I don't know. And like, and like that means I don't have to worry about my hair like drying in the morning too, because mm-hmm. I haven't blown my hair dry since March 2020. 2020. Yeah. But it takes my hair long enough to dry that often I'll, it'll like still be a little wet when I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up and parts of it are just fucked up. Yep. And yep. there's like a weird crease that like whatever. And most days it doesn't really matter that much, right. but it would sometimes be nice to be able to just like revive it a yes. little bit. And this might be the answer to that. And the other thing I've been doing, which I do recommend is when I get like frizz or just like pieces mm-hmm. that like don't work, I've been using, you know, the Mario Badescu aloe and rose water. Yes, I do. Spray. I like scrunch that into my hair because um, it has just like enough of like a, that aloe is like yeah. just enough of like a bit of a product for it to like, huh? do a little something. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I just think some like misting your hair has just been a revelation for me in general, because there's something about it where I can just get it to the perfect amount of dampness that isn't fully redoing my hair and not, and not like that thing where you're going to the meeting with the sopping wet hair and you just feel embarrassed and weird about it, which is another like curly girl thing where so many women with curly hair have that thing where they're like, I can't possibly schedule a meeting before 11 a.m. because I will have to go with wet hair. Wet hair. Wet hair and embarrassing. I also kind of like that this is like maybe not an outright rejection, but it feels like a response to dry shampoo. Mm. Um, and like the cultural <laughs> over-reliance on dry shampoo. Oh, that is a nemesis. Yeah. yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I used yeah. dry shampoo for the first time in a really long time the other day. And I thought of you while I was putting it in and how much you hate it. Well, it's just never worked for me in my entire life. Yeah. And I feel like when you buy your seventh bottle of a product that doesn't work to be mm-hmm. like, this is the one because everybody loves this yeah. one. And you're like, nope. Um, it's just like hard not to feel angst about it. <laughs> and feel personally attacked by it. Yeah, I a little bit. I do. I think you are absolutely right. Like it, it is an alternative to dry shampoo in the sense that it's a way to revive your hair without fully showering. Yes, which is yes. wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. Speaking of like morning routines and just mm-hmm. like I feel like for the first time since working from home, I've figured out the thing that I did at work for years, Claire, which was like having a cup of tea at like 11 a.m. Mm, um, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. that is like about when I need another like, I need to kind of like yes. re-up my caffeine, like not in a serious way, just in a like, okay, I've like, I've sat down, I've done some things and like now I need to like settle in and focus on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tea is like part of that process. And part of what has gotten me to this place is finding this soul chai mm-hmm. um, that is this delicious powdered chai. It comes in this tin um, and it's like 40 servings per tin, okay. it says. Um, because it's not mixed with water, it's like more eco-friendly than some okay. of the other yep. stuff. Yeah. I, I hear um, it's vegan. It's gluten-free. It doesn't have any sugar in it. So you can like add those The things. sugar thing is huge. I love chai, but it is always Same. way too sweet for me. And it is so hard to Same. find it not sweetened. And donut chai is sweetened, but it's like yeah. sweetened just enough where I can handle it. But yeah. most of them, the pre-sweetened ones, I can't handle. I'm like, this, this is an innovation in chai for me. Totally. Well, and I think the thing is like, I get that classic chai is supposed to be sweetened mm-hmm. 100%. 
But like when I'm drinking it every day at 11, I just like don't actually don't need, need sugar yeah. at that. Like I can have like a little sprinkle of sugar or whatever. It's just like not the thing I like want or crave at that point. Right. Um, and so I really like the fact that like it's all optional and like the adding the milk is optional and all of it. So do, how do you prepare it? You put a scoop of it in the bottom of a mug. You add boiling water over it. You stir it. And then if you want to add like steamed milk or mm-hmm. frothed milk or whatever you can. Or do you, you do can that? just do lazy like me and just pour you milk just, into it. Huh. Yeah. It's like, it's truly just like so easy. really wonderful. And it just makes me feel like, like for a while, I feel like matcha like had this role, but the prep mm-hmm. for that is a little bit like engulfed more than I like actually want to step away and do at mm-hmm. that time of day. And like, listen, regular tea is like great too, but this does mm-hmm. feel like a little bit more well, of like a treat. There's more flavor to chai, which yes. is what I always like about it, where I feel like it is satiating a uh, craving I'm having for just flavor. Yes, you yes, know? yes. And this one's really like pretty peppery in mm-hmm. a way that's really good. Like, so it is almost like that savory thing mm-hmm. too. I yep, don't know. Definitely. I don't know. I was also thinking that it would be a good thing for tr- like to pack in a travel bag. Mm. Um, like, I don't know exactly how, I mean, you could probably, this not, not that this tin is very heavy. You could just like keep one in a carry on, mm-hmm. but like, because it doesn't actually involve brewing or whatever, you could just add a scoop of this to your little right. airport cup or your plane cup um and smart yeah very have smart. a little something special I love that all right my fine my next and final thing yes yes is the Philips Hue light strip that I recently installed and that you are experiencing the warm glow of on the other side of the zoom camera I think it's made a really big difference for your you life. Do? Well, thank you. Yeah I don't you think so too I do think so. So to set the stage I love my work setup. It's like very comfortable for me, but it is right next to a window that is like on the side of me that gets a ton of sunlight and it really couldn't be less opportune lighting for Zoom. It just like lights Mm -hmm. one side Mm -hmm. of my face so dramatically. It's a mess. And so I've been trying various things over the course of the last 18 months to just make it better. And in part because I get sick of looking at myself and lit like an ogre. And also (laughs) because I had this conversation with Chris the other day where he'd gotten coffee with somebody he'd only met over Zoom. And he was like, Claire, this person like looked totally different in real life than I thought they looked over Zoom. And I think it's because he has terrible Zoom lighting. And he was that like, really <laughs> did like strike a chord for you, hit a nerve, something. Like it was really, you were like, that that might be me. Maybe well, because I, I was like, man. it definitely is me. And I think it had coincided with the season during which, which you've also experienced it, in fall and winter, the light gets so harsh and hit like, I, the angle changes where it just yes. blinds me for the ha- first half of the day. There's like a moment in a in a meeting at a time when it, at a certain time <laughs> yes. when what you're doing in a meeting is trying to lean back really far or like yeah. or get really, really close, close. Um, in order to try to avoid this like ray of light, like like UFO style, like trying to beam you up, yes. like light and you're not having it. It's awful. And it's, it like both blinds me and lights my face so bizarrely. So I was like, that's it. I just have to do something about this. And what I'd been doing was I had a small ring light, which had helped initially a lot, but I was like, this is actually just not enough. And it was a type that you would clip on to, you know, your computer screen or something. So it wasn't creating a ton of issues. And I was like, am I going to have to buy like one of those huge ring light stands? They're so like, not like ugly, but I just like don't want another piece of furniture. It's so much. It's so much. And then Chris had the idea. He was like, I think you can get a light strip that you could use. And I Googled and lo and behold, 
Philips Hue makes this stick on light strip. So people love Philips Hue. It's been this like sort of like culty thing in the interiors world because there are these lights that are Bluetooth enabled. So you can get really specific about the intensity. Like dimming them. And, yes. and they also have the color and the ones. color. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, yeah, they yeah. all have color, I think. Like oh, they this do? One. All of them? Oh, I guess that yeah. makes sense. They're called Hue. That right. Like basically they're sense. full yeah. spectrum. So you can like, you can make them green. You can make them purple. You can make them warmer or colder or whatever. So you can get really specific about what, you know, the tone and the brightness of the light that you want. And I've never even pretended that I was going to be interested in it because the idea of controlling your lights from your phone does not seem appealing to me. I'm like, I, I just want to like dim them with a dimmer or, you know, them switches, they're fine. They're yeah, fine. Like that yeah. One, you know, I love a remote control, but that's <laughs> Uh, like I love a, oh, a bridge too far. Me. Yeah, but exactly. But I was like, I'm not going to do this from my phone because I look at my phone too much already as previously discussed. But the thing that really attracted me was to this was that it's this light strip that you can just cut with scissors. You can just cut it, make it as long or as short as you want it to be. And cutting it does not, you know, somehow does not F with the electronics of it. And it has double stick tape on the back so you can put it anywhere. So I have stuck mine. I have a shelf over my desk. Uh My desk is like technically part of my bookshelf. There's a shelf. So I've put it on the bottom of the shelf above my desk. It turns out I really like being able to adjust the spectrum in this scenario. I don't Mm. need to do it for all the rooms in my house. Although I'm sure I would like it, but especially when it's lighting my face for video, it's nice to be able to make it really warm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. It also just feels like an upgrade that's so easy to make without any technical skills. You don't have, you don't do anything. You just plug it in, you cut it to the length that you need it to be, and then you stick it to where you want it to go. I will say, I think that they could use a better sticky glue on the back of it. So I ended up using- They need to like work with command on this project. No, Gorilla Glue, because Gorilla Glue makes an amazing mounting tape. Yes. Which of course they do. Of course they do. Which is what I ended up using here and now have used in several other places in my house because it's so good. Yeah, no, that (laughs) makes sense. That makes sense. I do feel like there are just like these little home upgrades that feel like that like make these like outsized impacts on your life. Mm-hmm. Like the two things that we did recently, I bought this little outlet shelf that we included Ooh. in a secret menu newsletter like uh-huh, months and months and months uh-huh. ago. But basically it's this plastic piece that you take the outlet cover off, you stick this thing between the outlet cover and the wall, and there's a shelf that sits over the outlet. Um, it's plastic. It would be like lovely if it were a different material. Obviously, it can't be metal because that conducts electricity. Mm-hmm. So there are like barriers, barriers yeah. here. But you can like my phone just sits on top of right, it to charge. Right, right. It's like so lovely. They're also like you can use it for like electric toothbrushes or like mm-hmm. those things in the bathroom, like a little mm-hmm. stand for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could really use one of these in the bathroom. I feel like that yes. would make a big difference for me. Yes. It's just like nice to clear things off like spaces and have them just be kind of like at the wall or close. Like you just where the outlet is. Yeah. Like put the things that are using the outlet, like Mm -hmm. actually on the outlet. Right. And that was like, you know, these are like a five minute little thing. And then we also just switched the doorknobs on our doors. I know this because I came over and you were like, and Thomas was like, you're the first Do you one notice anything? Gonna, well, he was like, <laughs> you're going to be the first person to experience our new doorknobs. He really didn't like the previous doorknobs. Okay. And so it was like a big thing for him. Mm-hmm. And then in looking, I was like, oh, like doorknobs actually like are not very 
expensive. I mean, yeah. certainly they can be, everything can be, mm-hmm. but like, it's actually not very expensive. And I watched a five minute video on, you know, how it's like basically like how to change your doorknobs in under five minutes. And mm-hmm. you watch and you're like, yeah, that actually does seem like something you could do in under five minutes. Like legit. It's a great idea. Yeah. I, with, with this Hue light strip, I had done a whole thing with Chris where I was like, can you like later today, will you help me install my new lights? And he was like, definitely. I would love to like good husband type thing. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, I was like, never mind. I did it myself. (laughs) Turns out. Yeah. No, I, these, these little improvements make a big difference. And I do think this light strip has myriad uses. You know what it looks like if, if you need to picture it, it Mm. reminds me of the lights on an airplane that go down the aisle on either totally, side of the totally, aisle. Totally, 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 so like totally, totally. You could use them in a kid's room. But like room the jet blue ones that change exactly. colors. Exactly. Yes. You could use them in a kid's room. It's like That's a nightlight thing. I was thing. thinking. Because you could also yeah. turn it off from your phone. So you could t- turn yes. it off 10 minutes after your kid's asleep or whatever. Totally. You can make it a fun color. On their website, they, have, they show it a lot as like basically lighting shelves. So if you have a shelf with photo, you know, bunch of photos on it or something that you want to light. Or if you have a counter that needs a little bit more lighting and there's a shelf over it, you can put it, you know, under that. Or it does feel it like people bottom. have it in kit, like kitchens that like are just poorly lit. You know what I mean? I'm not even realizing it until now, but I feel like I actually need it in my kitchen for certain <laughs> spaces. Yeah. I like this a lot. Me hey, too. if people have other ideas for these like little quick fixy mm, things, yes. um, would love voicemails about this. I do think our listeners have a lot of these quick, quick fixes. Yeah. Okay. My last thing, which mm-hmm. is not a quick fix. It's more of a like mm-hmm. longer fix, but, but like, anyway, this company Spur, S-P-U-R, does what they call jewelry renovation, which I think is just like wonderful, brilliant framing. What they do is they take jewelry, like could be old jewelry, could be vintage jewelry, could be like just something that you like bought 10 years ago. And I'm like, why I why did I think mm-hmm. this was going to be like a lifelong investment piece? <laughs> um, and they basically like remake it, redesign it into something else. So it's a work-life business founded um, by this woman, Sophie Fader and Simone Posh. And the like, the other part of it that's really compelling is just how sustainability focused mm-hmm. the, like this concept is because you're, you know, you're taking existing jewelry and making it into new things. And they on their website talk about how like basically the fine jewelry business is like all about like being sustainable in general because mm-hmm. the components can be reused over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Like gold can be melted down over and over again. Gems can be reset over and over again. Um, and so if you are buying these things or are finding these things at like estate sales or if your great aunt gives you something or whatever, and if, even if it's like not right for you, there's like materials there that mm-hmm. could be put to good use. So I had had this ring from my dad's mom and a bracelet from my mom's mom that both had just been like sitting in the back of a drawer for like years and years, like 15 years. And you're obviously not going to get rid of them. No, exactly. And like, I want the sentimental value of it for sure. But then also I'm like, I don't, do I need to hold, like, do I need to have the ring in this particular form? Like, mm-hmm. is that the, like, is that what's doing it for me? No. And so I reached out to them and basically what you do is you like send them photos of the pieces. You have a call and like talk about like what's important to you. What do you want? All of those things. And then they send you, they like draw some designs. Um, At what point options. in the process do you send them the physical jewelry? After you like settle on what you're going to do. And you also send them like the weight of the pieces, which helps okay. the, to give them a sense of like the gems and the Mm -hmm. like gold or like whatever, you know, metals might be involved. And I had to show pictures of it like on scale, like so you could see like, you know, the ring on me or whatever. So then from there, I like picked the design I wanted 
and sent them the pieces. And then we ended up having to do some like tweaking here and there mm-hmm. because like once they took the stones out of the bracelet, you could they were just like set differently or the shape of the stones was different. So it wasn't going to work in the way that we had hoped with mm-hmm. one of the designs. And then they melt down the gold. And if you're cool with like them recycling that gold, they apply the cost, the, the gold to your purchase. Um, oh, so even if to, they're not using that gold in your piece, they're basically exactly. just buying the gold from you. Amazing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It just really does feel like this way to be like, yes, like let's extract the materials here mm-hmm. and like put them back into the world because mm-hmm. why not? Right. And now I have this pair of earrings that like I just love that are these like mismatched earrings with these various gems from the one bracelet and two little diamonds from the ring. Um, and that. it's thrilling. It's just really thrilling. It's so smart. And I feel like most people have that thing in their lives, that piece of jewelry that's sentimental that somebody gave you. Maybe it's, you know, a wedding ring and you were, you're divorced. Who knows what it yes, is? But yes. it's a piece of jewelry that you're not, you don't want to sell for whatever reason you would like to still have, but it's not doing you any favors just sitting in a drawer. And I do just think it's, you're still holding on to the sentimentality of it. Yes, yes. I also really like the idea of if like there's like, you know, a piece of jewelry, like maybe it's your like grandmother's wedding ring, right? Mm-hmm. And it might have like various stones in it. You could split those things up and give it to like various grandkids. Mm. You know, you could yeah. make like a piece for each of them. So like everybody yeah. gets a like a little bit of that thing, I love um, that. which feels really special. Coin necklaces are a big thing for mm. them. And people have like sentimental coins or they also source coins that you can, um, that you can choose from. And they've really streamlined the process for coin necklaces um, in so these cool. like settings, which yeah, I just feel like it's like a cool vibe. I really need to do this. I also, you inspired my aunt Alice to do it. And she just sent oh. us sketches of a necklace that she's getting. That's great. I love this. Yeah. They also just have a lot of different styles. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like, oh, there's like one note. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just feels like flexible in a way that's fun too. I love that. This was a fun episode. I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it. it. Me too. We should do it more often. <laughs> Let's do it again soon. Let's do it again soon. All right. That's, That's the, the show. show. Hi, my name is Rachel. I have not even finished listening to the latest episode. I had to chime in on the story time chess. It is incredible. I have a three-year-old and a four-year-old who are not into board games, and they love this game. What it is, it's like a book, and every book has a chapter, and every chapter is dedicated to a different chess piece, but they like build a whole story around it about why the chess piece moves the way it does. So it's like a lot of mini games within one game because with each chapter you play a different game. So, and it all ends up building into like a full chess game at the end. But if they don't have the attention span or don't want to play a full game of chess, you just play like the chapter one game that's just with the kings or just with the pawns. So it's very cool. I highly recommend it. It's super creative and it'll get kids playing chess, which is wild. Um, anyway, I just had to come chime in because it sounded like you wanted to know a little more. Happy to tell you more if you want to know more. I love this game. But you guys, I just you solved so many of my gifting woes. I had the the Catholic crystal person. I had the mansplaining letter father-in-law. I had the Southern snobby mom. And you guys just hit it out of the park for all of them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the great ideas. I can't wait to finish my Christmas shopping. Bye. 
This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. Thank you.